Somebody give your hallelujah to the King right now. Give God the highest praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, you deserve the glory. God, you deserve all the honor. God, you are the only God. There's no other name greater than the name of Jesus. God, you are my healer, my provider. God, you are my savior. God, you are the king of kings. Jesus, you are Lord. Jesus, you are king. Jesus, you are deliverer. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus is the only saving name. Not Muhammad. Not Allah. Allah is not God. Buddha is not God. The Pope is not God. Mary is not deity. Only Jesus is God. He said, all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. He sits on the only throne that's going to be in heaven. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Aren't you glad you know who Jesus is? Praise God, praise God. And I don't want to wait to confess who Jesus is at the judgment day. But I want that confession to be a continuation of what I confessed in my life. That I believe that we are to have no other gods before Him. But Jesus is Lord of all. I want God to work in my whole heart. I want to be a real Christian. I don't want to be just a worshiper. You can be a worshiper outwardly, but not one inwardly. I don't want to just give them lip service. I want to give them life service. I don't want to just attend church. I want to live this every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 365 years, I'm His. Is that the way you feel in this house tonight? It's, this has got to be real for me. This is who I am. This is what I am. This is what I live. Praise God. Book of Joel, chapter 2. Second chapter of the book of Joel. I want to say I appreciate the work and sound of the media team does. Uh, some pastors, some preachers make sound men their enemies. I make them my best friend. And they do a great job here. And the media keeping up with me on scriptures. And everything just runs so smooth because you've got a tremendous pastor that leads by example and excellence in everything that he does. And you can tell that by the tremendous people of this congregation. That if you're going to do it, you're going to do it with everything you've got. And that's the way it should be. Praise God. I believe God wants to help some people tonight. I believe God wants to wash some hearts, some minds. 
I believe God wants us to look inward for a little while tonight. We'll be open to the Word of God. I believe there can be a life-changing encounter for many people in this service. God's been talking to me today about people in this church. Isn't it amazing that God loves you so much that he'll talk to a preacher to give you a message to save your soul? Thank God for the man of God in my life. You know how I found out I was submitted, Brother Sergeant, when I wanted to do something and the man of God in my life told me no. And I realized I'm going to have trust in God's man more than my emotions. Praise God. Praise God. Aren't you thankful for your pastor? If you're giving your pastor trouble, cut it out. Quit biting the hand that's trying to save you and feed you. Get behind the man of God that fills this pulpit day in and day out and is praying for you. And let pastor know I'm with you. Preach to me. Preach to my family. And let's have revival and see God do great things. Praise God. Book of Joel, chapter 2, verse number 12. Therefore also now, saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart, and with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning. And rend your heart, and not your garments. And turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious, merciful, slow to anger, of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. He said, rend your heart and not your garments. Would you lay your Bibles down? Would you lift your voice? And let's pray that God's will would be done, that there would be a moving of the Holy Ghost in this place. Come on, Cornerstone, let's get our minds on Jesus. God's here to talk to us tonight. God, I feel your spirit in this atmosphere. God, I feel your anointing in this building right now. God, your presence is here on a Monday night. God, we've come to have a move of the Holy Ghost. We've come to worship you, God. God, we've come to open our hearts to you tonight, God. Let there be an old-time anointing in this building. Let the anointing destroy every yoke of bondage. God, let your glory cloud fill this house. Come on, I wonder if for 30 seconds we could close our eyes, lift our voice, and let's really pray like apostolics know how to pray. God, would you remove every distraction? God, would you give strength to the weary right now? God, would you let the Holy Ghost baptize this congregation? Go ahead, let's worship him a few more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. You may be seated. I am thankful today to be a part of a church that makes a big deal about our outward apostolic identity. Our biblical stands on modesty, clothing, men looking like men, women looking like women, men being clean cut, 
women with your beautiful, long, uncut hair that God gave you for your glory, your modest, long dresses, I'm thankful that we can identify as Holy Ghost-filled, apostolic, separated from the world people. I'm glad to be a part of a church tonight that makes a big deal out of holiness and separation from this chaotic world. I saw a picture today of a man standing at the Oscars wearing a black, long, flowing dress. And I was surprised at how the world was remarking about how odd that was and about how weird that was. And I found that very interesting because the same people that have no problem with a man wearing a dress have a big problem with a woman wearing pants. amazes me how nervous Pentecostals can get when Scripture is talked about. Because Deuteronomy 22 and 5 still says, The woman shall not wear that which pertains unto a man, neither shall a man put on a woman's garment. For all that do so are an abomination unto the Lord thy God. It's why when a man starts to look like a woman, he goes and puts on a dress. And it's why when a woman wants to look like a man, she goes and shaves all her hair off. And those same people will tell you it doesn't matter how you dress. And it doesn't matter that that has nothing to do with distinction. And yet, I read an article of someone raising their child. uh, And I, I think this is child abuse. But they said, we're going to raise our child genderless. And so we want them to choose if it's going to be a man or if it's going to be a woman. So therefore, we're going to dress them in skirts some of the time and in pants some of the time. And as I read that, aside from all the obvious insanity there, I thought, what does it matter if he wears, uh, if there's no distinction in clothing? And I'm telling you, I've never been, it's never mattered more about what we believe than it does right now in the midst of this chaotic world that we're living in. Uh, I am not ashamed to be a part of God's separated church. Uh, I've never been more proud to walk through a mall or a public with my beautiful wife in her long dress and her long flowing hair just to let this world know uh, there is really a God uh, that pulls his people out of this world. Uh, And there's still people that are interested in right is right uh, and wrong is wrong. Uh, You ought to thank God every day that you're a part of the body uh, that is a set out, separated uh, bride of Christ. Oh, we ought to give God some praise right now. We ought not to be nervous about this stuff. We ought to be proud to proclaim this stuff. I'm blood washed. I'm separated. I'm distinct. God's got his hand on me. Oh, give God a shout of praise in this house. You ought to be thankful to be in a church that cares uh, that men look like men and women look like women uh, and realize there's only two genders, man and woman, uh, and glad to be a part of some stability in the midst of a chaotic world. Uh, God is still pulling people out of sin and separating them from the insanity. Praise God. Uh, Praise God. Uh, God's bride is not going to look like the rest of the world. Uh, When I got married, uh, it was not difficult for me uh, as I was standing on that platform uh, to figure out which woman in the audience was my bride uh, because she looked different than everybody else in the building. Uh, I didn't have to peer closely. Uh, I didn't have to look at all the women and say, I can't tell which one I'm about to marry. Uh, The moment she walked in the room, uh, everything about her was different. 
different. Her dress was different. Her appearance was different. That's the way it's going to be when God comes back for his bride. He's not going to come in and be wondering which one is his and where they're at. There's going to be a distinct bride and he's going to know who's his. He's coming back for a bride without spot and without blemish. And this preacher has never been more excited to be a part of the unspotted bride of Christ. We are washed in the blood. We've been cleansed from our sin. Anybody glad that God's going to know what you're a part of? Because you've got the name on you. You've got the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. You look like you're supposed to look. God's not going to be confused about who his bride is. But I'm not here tonight to talk about visible holiness. I'm not here to talk about our outward worship and response that is integral to who we are as God's people. But I want to go deeper tonight. I want to talk about what's underneath the long sleeves, what's underneath the long hair, what's underneath the long dresses, what's underneath the clean faces. I want to go beyond that, and I want to get down to the big issue. Let's talk about the heart for a little while tonight. Let's get down beyond whatever everybody else can see and let's talk about the things that only you and God know about for the next few moments the book of Joel in the second chapter this is a prophecy of judgment this is God's judgment he talks about the blood the moon being turned to blood he talks about the fire and the smoke and yet Peter quotes even that in Acts chapter 2 and this was God bringing judgment with that following that was a promise of escape that in the last days he would pour out of his spirit upon all flesh and the Holy Ghost. And Peter stood up and began to preach in Acts chapter 2 and began to quote the prophet Joel. And he began to talk about the blood and the smoke and the fire and the judgment. And when they began to hear about that, he had everybody's attention because they knew all about judgment. They knew what Joel was all about. Everybody was listening to the preacher that day. And then he began to preach that there is a promise. He began to preach that Jesus Christ Christ whom you've crucified has come to be Lord and Christ to save you. And the Bible says when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. This is what preaching is supposed to accomplish. This is what the job of the preacher is supposed to be. That somehow when the word's going forth, it goes beyond the outward and it goes beyond just a hand clap and it gets down into your heart and begins to stir things and begins to show you uh, what's really on the inside. Uh, I've said in church services before, Brother Earls, uh, and the preacher began to preach, uh, and all of a sudden I began to find stuff in my heart that I didn't even know was there. Uh, thank God uh, that he'll send a preacher to stand in a pulpit uh, and open up the blueprints called the Word of God uh, and begin to preach about things uh, that we may not even realize are in our heart. Uh, thank God for a God that loves us so much uh, that it keeps working with us, uh, that he keeps dealing with us. Uh, aren't you thankful for a God that can take a heart that's been broken by the bondage of sin uh, and wash it with the blood of the Lamb uh, and make it clean? Oh, I think we ought to lift our hands and worship him for just a moment. Come on, Cornerstone, let's lift our voice. Uh, let's take about 30 seconds and just worship the King with a loud voice right now. Come on, God's going to do a work in this place tonight. 
For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and to the joints of the marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts. It's a discerner of the intents of the heart. Thank God for the word that goes past the facade, that goes past false pretenses, that goes past the pride. Come on, let's talk about the heart tonight. Let's get down to where we're really living. Let's talk a little while about what's going to make the difference between whether or not you're going to live for God all your life or backslide. Brother, it's not just running the aisles that's going to keep you in the house of God. It's not just screaming amen alone that's going to keep you in the house of God. But brother, when the word is able to start doing some cutting, when the word is able to start doing some digging, and instead of get offending, you go to the altar with repentance. Let's talk about where real salvation takes place. Let's talk about what makes the difference between the people that are going to be still living for God 60 years from now and those that are going to backslide. It's quite tragic to think there are people sitting on these pews right now that in five years may no longer, God forbid, may no longer be going to church or living for God. I am not content. I am not content with the staggering losses that we have already suffered in the apostolic church of people that used to run aisles with us, of people that used to leap for joy uh, of people that used to talk in tongues with us uh, but somewhere uh, it never got down in the heart Uh, it was always an external display uh, of emotion uh, because they're no longer with us today Uh, I'm not content with how many young people that were raised in apostolic churches uh, are no longer living for God today Uh, I'm not content with the amount of people that know truth uh, but are no longer sitting on the pew Uh, somewhere somehow uh, this has got to get beyond uh, having a good choir song uh, and having a good time of running and dancing uh, and somewhere there's got to be a shift in the heart uh, that says I can live for God uh, even when things aren't going right. Uh, I can live for God uh, even when I feel like service was a little off tonight. Uh, I've I can live for God when my family backslides. Uh, I can live for God when friends walk away. Why? Because I let the word I let the word do some cutting. I let the word do some work. Praise God. Praise God. Our outward cleanliness and holiness is essential to being a part of the bride. But it's not the will of God that our outward cleanliness and holiness be a cover-up for a heart that's not clean. Let's talk about the heart. For those of you that would say things like, I just got to go with what my heart says. You need to be careful. Because Jeremiah in 17 and 9 said, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins. I try the direction to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doing. He said, I try the heart. He knows what's really in the heart. That's why it's not a good idea to go with your heart, but to go with the word of God. I'm not here to follow my heart. My heart's deceitful. My heart's emotions can lead me astray. But the word of God is settled and clear that when I'm emotionally distraught, there's stability. That's why you need to quit getting advice. 
advice off Facebook uh, and quit getting advice from backsliders uh, and quit getting advice from people that haven't shed one tear in prayer over your soul uh, and find your advice in the house of God. Uh, When my heart is confused, uh, thank God uh, that there's a word uh, that's Come on, I feel something happening right now. We're going to break some chains in this house. We're going to get some people baptized with the power of the Holy Ghost in their heart tonight. That's going to look back at this world and say, let me tell you what I do. I'm not just going to follow my emotions and temptations. I'm going to follow the word of God. Because the heart's got problems. Jesus said that the things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart. And they defile the man. He said in Matthew 15 and 19, out of the heart proceeds evil faults. Out of the heart proceeds murders. Out of the heart comes adulteries and fornications and thefts and false witness and blasphemies. He said these are the things that are in the heart of man. That is why I want you to understand the condition of a heart that's not constantly overflowing and full of the Holy Ghost is going to be a heart that's going to lead you astray. You will always battle sin and struggle with spirits of hell until Jesus is able to have all of your heart. That's why he said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God, not with some of your heart, but with all of your heart. You've got to give God all of your heart. God's not just interested in you going to church and going through religious motions if you've still got parts of your heart that have not been broken and washed by the Holy Ghost. God's not interested in you coming saying, I'm going to give up parts of the world, but there's still some parts I don't want to let go of. He's an all or nothing God. I've been praying, God, would you baptize your people with a revival of brokenness where we can get in your presence and wring our heart out and say, God, change me. That's not a prayer people pray anymore. We pray, God, fix my family. We pray, God, fix my marriage. We pray, God, fix my money. But would to God we'd get back to an altar and say, God, fix my heart. God, get down on the inside of me and begin to work in my heart and in my spirit. I'm tired of walking to pulpits and feeling like a spiritual candy man and dangling blessings and dangling favor. And I believe in all of that. But, brother, I'm not living for God because of favor and blessings. Let me tell you why I'm standing in this pulpit tonight. Because I had a reckoning day where I realized my heart's a mess. I've got issues. I've got bad thoughts. I've got desires that are breeding in this heart and I need God to break me I need God to break me when your heart gets broken you don't care who gets a position and who doesn't when your heart gets broken you don't care if you get acknowledged or don't all you care about is God I need you God I need the blood to wash me I wonder if somebody would pray that right now God search my heart God let there be a brokenness baptize us Come on, lift your voice for just a moment right now. Come on. We're going to break some strongholds tonight. Jesus didn't die just to give you a good weekend service. That makes you feel good for a little while. He said, I've come to give you a new heart. I've come to break up the fallow ground. I don't want to just get caught up and go into church just because, well, I think God will give me some blessings. There's a lot of people. I am going somewhere. You just let the preacher work for a little while tonight.
There's a lot of people that make outward professions of living for Jesus without inward remorse or repentance. There are a lot of people that aren't as interested in God searching their heart, fixing their heart, their motives, as much as they are God fixing their external problems and inconveniences of life. And as a result, there are too many people that have no depth to their spirituality, that have no depth to their walk with God. Their walk is shallow. Their worship is shallow. Their prayer is shallow because it's not coming from a heart that's been emptied before God and wrung out of self and wrung out of my pride. It's not coming from a heart that's been wrung out of me and my little things that I feel like I can't live without. And because we're trying to worship God with a heart that God doesn't possess, every little wind of trouble, every little problem, every time something don't go their way, every little wind blows them aside and they continually struggle with living for God. And so many times the preacher's got to walk to the pulpit and try to preach to people whose hearts have not been broken and whose hearts are not open to the word of God and too many today are not moved to altars because they want to be saved and because they're afraid of hell and because God died for them but they start saying well if I live for God then hopefully I'll get some blessings and if I live for God maybe he'll bless my finances and maybe he'll give me some peace and thank God, he can do all of that. But let me tell you, he didn't come just to give you a little blessing on your bank account. He didn't come just for you to clap your hands every once in a while. What God's interested in is people whose heart have been emptied of everything that this world has, have been emptied of pride, have been emptied of bitterness, have been emptied of everything else. Let me just tell you, I dedicated most of my children to the Lord. And I told God a long time ago, my family is in your hands. I'm not putting them in the hands of Little League. I'm not putting them in the hands of Hollywood. I'm not pulling them in the hands of secular education. I'm wringing it out, brother. I want my life to be molded. I want my heart to be molded. I want the presence. My God, I feel something breaking right now. Somebody respond to the Holy Ghost right now. Come on. I don't want to have shallow spirituality. Don't let the man run by himself. I don't want my walk with God to be stable only if everything's going good. I don't want my walk with God to be determined by whether or not I've been blessed, by whether or not everything's going my way. Because, brother, life's going to be life whether you're in the world or out of the world. But when God's got your heart, it don't matter what's preached. It don't matter what's said. It don't matter what goes on. You're going to be there every service. You're going to have your hands in the air. You're going to keep your spirit right. You're going to... Come on, can I just preach about the heart for a little while? Can I just preach about what's really going on in our world? We've got to get our heart right. We know how to rend our garments, but we don't know how to rend our heart. When Israel would go into idolatry, is this all right tonight? It's just us. I came to preach to the church tonight. I knew who I'd be talking to tonight. I'm not preaching to people that are out living in sin. I'm not preaching to people. I'm, I'm preaching. I know people can think, well, we're all fine. We've all got the Holy Ghost. Our hearts are perfect. No, no, no. It's those that have been the church the longest that often neglect the heart. Because we have learned to be apostolic without heart. We have learned to rend our garments to cover a heart that's not rent. 
when Israel would go into idolatry. And because of their idolatry, they would go into bondage. And they would get carried away captive. They would rend their garments. And they would shred the garments. And they would sit down with ashes on their head and in sackcloth. And this was to be an outward sign of an inward repentance. This was to be an outward. I'm going to tell you, God does concern with the outward. Because he's the one that instituted this law of rending the garments. Because he wanted others to be able to tell when someone had truly been repentant. When you truly repent, it's going to be noticeable in your attitude in your actions, and yes, in your appearance. But they would rend their garments, and they would, they would have an outward show. It was a big deal. It was a sign of utter hopelessness. That's why when the high priest had Jesus on trial, he was trying to do something to get the crowd's attention. He was trying to do something to shock everybody. And so when he said, are you Jesus Christ the Messiah? And Jesus said, thou sayest. He rent his garment. It was his shock in all moment uh, because he knew if they see a rent garment. Uh, they're going to think my God, uh, something must be terribly wrong here. Uh, or he'd never rend the garment. Uh, but the problem was uh, that he was able to rend a garment uh, to cover up a heart uh, that was not rent. Uh, and that's why in Isaiah uh, that God comes to his people in Isaiah the first chapter uh, and he tells them I am tired uh, of your vain oblations, uh, of your sacrifices. Uh, he got weary uh, with their continual burning of calves. Uh, because what Israel had learned to do uh, was I can just go sacrifice the calf. Uh, I can just bring my sacrifice of an animal uh, and send it up before God uh, and then I can go right back to how I was living. Uh, I can go right back to living in sin uh, and I'm good for a year. Uh, and the sacrifice of the cow uh, will keep me uh, from parting with my sin. Uh, too many people would rather bring their sacrifice uh, but not let their sin go. Uh, and God said I am tired uh, of you rending your garments uh, but not rending your heart. I'm tired of you killing an animal, but not killing your sin. I'm tired of you saying one thing, but you're living another thing. So he said, turn to me with all of your heart. Don't just come to me and tear your garments, but tear your heart before me. And this answers the question of, I've wondered, how could so many people be in an apostolic church and yet still battle carnality and yet still battle with lust and yet still battle with bitterness? It's because they're trying to worship a God with their lips but they're not worshiping him with all of their heart. Nobody has learned like apostolics how to rend our garments without rending our heart. We've learned how to shout past sin. We've learned how to run with a heart that's not right. We've learned how to dance. That's why God said, for as much as this people draws near to me with their mouth and with their lips, they do honor me. But they have removed their heart from me. Uh, he said, I can't deal with the spirits fighting them uh, because they're withholding me from the very thing uh, that's causing the problem. Uh, they acknowledge me with their lips, uh, but they don't acknowledge me with their heart. Uh, they want me to work in their life, but they don't want me to work in their heart. Uh, they attend church, uh, but they won't give me their heart. Uh, they sit on the pew, but they're never broken. Uh, they give me lip service. Uh, they rend their garments. They go through emotions, uh, but it's shallow uh, because I had 
don't have their heart. They worship with their lips, but they don't change. They don't draw closer to me. They clap their hands. They lift their hands in worship service, but they sit on the pew and don't pray during prayer service. They've removed their heart from me. We are living in the last days, church. It's not time to be living on the motions of Pentecost when there's still parts of our heart that God doesn't have. We've got to get something in us that David had when he said, search me, O God. Try the reins of my heart. See if there be any wicked way before me. God, I want you to get down on the inside. I don't want to worship when there's things in here that should not be. I don't want to run aisles in the despite the fact that there's stuff in here that's going wrong. Let's have a public display of affection. Let's have a private intimacy. Uh, let's have some long talks in the privacy of your own home. Uh, let's have holiness when nobody else is looking. Uh, let's have faithfulness to prayer more than just a few moments uh, during the altar call at service. Uh, let's do more talking uh, than we do just once a week on Sunday mornings uh, and perhaps Monday night. Uh, I believe God's talking to some young people saying, come on. Uh, well, it's time to learn how to fall in love with prayer. Uh, it's time to realize being Pentecostal uh, is not jumping and running aisles in the church service, uh, but it's living it. Uh, it's having a heart that's washed by the blood of the Lamb. It's being spiritual day in and day out. That's why there are some times I don't get, and, and you know me, I've preached it, I think we ought to shout more than we've ever shouted. I think we ought to still be called holy rollers. I think we ought to roll on the floor, jump, dance, run the backs of pews, climb on furniture, do whatever you've got to do to worship God better than the people worship the gods of this world. But you hear me right now. There are some times I don't get excited when some people shout because they're just shouting to cover up close inspection of a heart that's not right. And they've learned that if I can do this, if I can jump with everybody else, they're not going to closely inspect the stuff that I'm really doing. Hey, brother, just because you jump and run don't mean nothing to God. If when you're done with your jumping and your shouting, there's still stuff in your heart that you won't let go of. There's still bitterness. There's still anger. There's still rebellion. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. We're going to break some spirits in this building right now. I've come to help some families. I've come to push into somebody's life. It's not time to pick and choose what part of what pastor preaches am I going to listen to and what part am I going to obey. But if it comes out of the pulpit, I'm going to get it in my heart and our family's going to live it. Why? Because there's no part in my heart that God can't go. I don't want to learn to shout but not cover up the heart. God, let me break my your hopes, your desires, your life plans, all that gets put away for what does God want me to do. We apostolics are a well-oiled machine. We can have church and have good church without God's presence ever being there. You don't believe me? I've seen it happen hundreds of times. I've seen people dance, shout, and there wasn't one ounce of the presence of God in the service. I've seen people preach, and there wasn't one ounce of God in the entire service. Because we have learned. We have learned how to have good church. We have learned because we have more talent than we've ever had. And thank God for it. 
But brother, I am more interested and God is more interested in people that know how to pray until they pray in the Holy Ghost. That are walking with God when nobody else is looking. That know how to worship God when nobody else is worshiping. That know how to live right when others aren't living right. Brother, let me tell you how you really tell what's going on in the heart. It's what you do when nobody's looking. It's what you do when nobody's around. And I feel like God's preaching to somebody. I've been watching you rend your garments. I've been watching you run and thank God you are. But I'm wanting to know when's the next time you're going to get in an altar and you're going to lay your heart before me and say, God, here it is. I'm emptying every bit of me out. I'm emptying my pride. I'm emptying everything in my life. I want you to wash me. I want you to search me. We've gotten real big on everything else. But we better never get away from the fact that this really is a matter of the heart. We've got to get the inside right. I've got to get my spirit right. I've got to get my attitude right. said, God, take your flashlight out and start walking through every part of my heart. Search my attitude. Search my thoughts. Search my ways. I'm tired of rending my garments just to cover up a heart that I haven't rent in months or years. There's a few people here. You're feeling the Holy Ghost touching right now. But you're afraid to respond what you feel because you don't want people to think you're dealing with some of the things I've mentioned. I've dealt other things that people are dealing with. But just to let you know, God is reaching for people in this building. God's saying, you want to know when revival really starts? You want to know when things really begin to break? He said, if my people, he didn't say it's a heathen. He said, if my people, which are called by my name, he addressed this to his people, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. He said, when my people start being honest with me, when my people stop doing this when preaching's going on, saying, I don't know who he's talking about. I wonder who that's for. That's not, you know. He said, when my people say, God, I'm going to turn from my wicked ways. I'm going to humble myself. He said, you talk about revival, that's when I'll start listening. That's when I'll start healing the land. Because see, what happens is you go to a phenomenal church like this one, and you can ride the wave of tremendous moves of God brought down by others. And yet, how much more could God begin to move if everybody in the building had taken their heart to an altar and said, God, it's cleansing day. 
God, it's washing day. God, it's searching day. God, I'm not just going to lift my hands and praise you and go right back to the same attitude and right back to the same spirit and right back to the same struggles. I'm not just going to rent my garment and never rent my heart. But God, this is real for me. I'm ready for some stuff to break. I'm ready for God to lift the spirit of heaviness. I'm ready for God to break the spirit of bitterness. I'm ready to quit letting spirits of hell wreck my emotions and wreck my tart and wreck my thoughts. God, there's got to be a washing. God, there's got to be a cleansing. God, let a spirit of honesty baptize somebody in this building right now. Let there be an old time conviction. Let the anointing begin to destroy every yoke of bondage. My God, all over this building, would you lift your voice right now? No, 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 no. I need somebody that really knows how to pray right now. Come on, I hear a voice from heaven preaching to somebody. Come on, I hear God saying, turn to me with all of your heart. Rend your heart. I don't want just a shallow, tearful response that only rends the garment. But I want you to rend your heart. God, take my life. God, take my emotions. Come on, somebody's in the Holy Ghost right now. I need my prayer warriors to help the preacher. Come on. Come on, lift your voice in the Holy Ghost. Come on. God's working right now. God, all I want is what you have for my life. If you'll rend your heart, he'll rend the heavens and baptize this house with his power. If our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart. Come on, every eye closed for just a moment. Let's wait on the Lord for a moment. Lift your voice. Come on. Come on, I'm trying to help somebody right now. Come on, God's saying, I want you to do more. Then just learn how to be apostolic at the right time. I want this to get down in your heart. Come on, God's talking to somebody right now. You've been arguing with the Word of God. I don't see anything wrong with this junk that I've been watching. I don't think it really matters. And God said, come on, give me that part of your heart. Let me talk to you about what you're reading. Let me talk to you about the stuff you're saying. Let me talk to you about those emotions. Let me talk to you about your character. Let me talk to you about your motive." Come on. Come on. I thank you for the five or so prayer warriors that are helping the preacher right now. Come on. The heart is the seat of the emotions. Let me tell you, we need to start working on character. We need to start working on attitude. We need to start working on being a servant. We need to start working on worship that's birthed in the heart. Come on. I can clap my hands with sin in my heart. I can jump for joy with sin in my heart. But I can't pray in the Holy Ghost with sin in my heart. I can't have the power of God with things in my heart that should not be. Come on, I'm trying to help somebody. I know this may just be a few people, but there's people in this house struggling with depression. There are people in here battling demons of your own making because there's things you refuse to quit letting play in with. And there's stuff that you refuse to let go of. And the mercy of God is in this house saying, all I need you to do is say, God, here's the heart. God, take it. God, there's no place in here that you can't go. He said, rend your heart and not your garments. Don't just jump up and down when your heart's not rent, but come to God and say, here it is. I'm wringing it all out.
When the heart's right, when the heart's right, you won't argue with the preaching when it comes to separation. When the heart's right, you won't argue and say, well, I don't think this is necessary, and I think I can handle it. When the heart's right, you won't push your children to do things that the Word of God is against. When the heart's right, rebellion won't live and be resistant to the Word of God. When the heart's right, you'll love thy neighbor as you love yourself. When the heart's right, you can overcome spirits of hell and bitterness and depression. When the heart's right, you don't have to continue to battle with spirits of lust. When the heart's right, you can break the bond of anger. Uh, when the heart's right, uh, it's something in you that says, I'm going to worship God uh, when nobody else does. Uh, when the heart's right, uh, it doesn't have to take a special song to move you. Uh, when the heart's right, uh, there's a spirit of prayer that begins to get a hold of somebody. Uh, when the heart's right, preaching doesn't offend, uh, preaching convicts. Uh, when the heart's right, uh, there's nothing that the Word of God can tell you that you won't respond to. When the heart's right, uh, you look forward to the next church service. Uh, when the heart's right, you look forward to the next prayer meeting. Uh, when the heart's right, you worship when nobody else worships. When the heart's right, you never again have a service where you sit with your arms folded. When the heart's right, your conversation will be right. When your heart's right, your spirit will be pure. When your heart's right, cussing goes out of your mouth and doesn't come back. When your heart's right, Come on, I feel something breaking right now. And I know the thought I'm dealing with. This is an unnecessary message. It's never been more necessary in our life. I'm not interested in being part of a generation that knows the robotics of apostolic but don't know how to get their heart washed in the blood. I'm not interested in being part of a generation that's learned how to shout but don't know how to weep. I'm not interested in people that know how to dance but don't know how to pray. My God, if we've ever needed people that know how to pray in the Holy Ghost, it's right now in the world we're living in. We need the miraculous. We need the anointing. And God said, I need a church that's got hearts that are clean. I need a people that'll rend their heart and not just their garments. I think we ought to lift our voices and pray all over this house right now. Come on, I've not come to be mean. I've come to be merciful. I've come to plead. I've come to say, hey, you don't know what you're missing. You open your heart up to God and let God begin to change attitudes and thoughts. And let God begin to change your perspective. And you'll begin to see the blessings and favor of God like you've never seen. God, here's my heart. I think people ought to hit this altar tonight and say, God, I'm not here to pretend I'm spiritual. I'm here to get spiritual. I'm not making an altar call. I'm making an altar pull. There may be people that don't move. There may be people that are mad at me. Please hear my heart. I've come to plead with you. God's saying, I've turned the flashlight on tonight. I've come to turn the lights on. Let's check some character. Let's check some spirits. Let's check some attitudes. Let's check some, some motives. Let's see when the preaching begins to go forth and it begins to rub you wrong. What's the first response? Is it frustration or is it God? I, I, I'm sorry. Forgive me. When the word of God begins to cross your way of life, is your first response resentment or is it brokenness? Come on. What's in the heart? Don't just come to an altar and just make an outward show. Don't just rend your garments tonight. Don't pray the way you normally pray. Somebody begin to be honest with God. God, search me. Search my spirit. Search my heart. Search my habits. Search my conversations. Search my attitude. God, help me to forgive people that I'm holding grudges against. God, deliver me from this bitterness. God, deliver me from this anti-pastor spirit. God, deliver me from rebellion. 
God, deliver me from a heart that's not been broken in a long time. Come on, there ought to be a well coming out of this altar. I'm pleading with somebody right now. When's the last time you prayed and said, God, search my heart and see if there be any wicked way in me? Come on, I've come to preach to some people in this place. Come on, I've come to help somebody right now. That's it, lifted voices. Come on. Come on. Come on, it's been a while. There's individuals in this building. It's been so long since you've let God search your heart and make changes. Come on, you've gotten so used to letting things just go over your head and pushing. Well, that's for somebody else. Oh, you're still running aisles. Thank God for it. That's who we are. You still leap for joy. But but how's your daily prayer life? How's your attitude? How's your consecration? Is there stuff that's been going on in your world that God's not put? Come on. I'm trying to help somebody. You need to let that bitterness go. Somebody needs to say, God. I let it go. I'm not harboring this anymore. It's destroying my emotions. It's destroying my relationships. Let it go. I've come to plead with somebody. Get victory over lust while it's still contained. Come on. I've come to preach to people. You're not desiring to backslide. I've not come to be negative. I've just come to remind us that what we've really got problems with is a heart that's broken. We've got problems with a heart that God hasn't been able to deal with. Come on. I think there ought to be some people that pray till you pray through to the Holy Ghost tonight. How long has it been since you prayed until the Holy Ghost initiated it and you begin to speak with other tongues as God was flowing through you? When's the last time you were honest with God? We're not just coming to pray and pretend like that's not there. God sees that. God's saying, I'm tired of you giving me that sacrifice of outward lip service without giving me the heart. God's preaching to somebody in this building. Would you rend your heart tonight and not your garments? Would instead of worrying about looking spiritual, would you take your heart and empty it of everything that's you? Ring it out of your flesh. Come on, there's a cleansing in this place. There's a washing right now. Come on. Come on, somebody, let God cleanse you today. Come on, let God pull you back into the fold. Let God begin to work on some bitterness. Let God begin to heal some wounds right now. Let God obliterate pride that keeps you captive. Come on. Come on. This this ought to be an altar call that everybody could respond in. I'm never going to get to a place where when someone preaches about the heart, I say, well, I don't need to pray. No, no, no. I need God to grip my heart every day. God, you don't desire sacrifice or I would give it. But David said you are desiring a broken and a contrite heart. Somebody be broken in the altar right now. Go ahead. The Holy Ghost is in this building. Go ahead. The goodness of God is in this building right now. God said, come on, if you'll rend your heart, I'll rend the heavens. Come on. If you'll give it all to me, I'll pour out my spirit like you've never felt. Come on. God's interested in motive tonight. Come on, God's wanting to go a little deeper right now. Come on, we've had faith in this revival. Come on, we've preached about the blood in this revival. But God's saying, can we get to the heart? Can we talk about the heart? 
I don't want my outward worship to be a cover-up for a heart that God is not in possession of. Come on, young people, pray. Come on, pray till you fall in love with prayer. Come on, pray till you're in the Holy Ghost. Come on, is there some prayer warriors that know how to lift your voice and begin to talk to God with all your heart right now? Come on, is there a young married couple that will begin to let God put some convictions about some stuff in your heart? Come on, is there some young people that will say, God, get this deep down in my heart. Take your brush with the blood and begin to scrub. Begin to cleanse my heart. Go ahead, there it is. This is what revival is all about. This is what will save people. This is what will take people from altars all the way to heaven. It's the mercies of God that washes the brokenness of hearts. Come on. God's telling somebody, I haven't been impressed in the last six months uh, by your aisle running uh, because there's stuff in your heart that you won't let me get out. Uh, God's talking to some people saying, I haven't been impressed uh, by your leaping up and down uh, because I've been watching what's going on in the heart. Uh, I haven't been as impressed lately uh, by some of your outward response uh, because he's telling somebody, all you've been doing is rending your garments. Uh, and even though that's a good thing to do, he said, I'm watching a heart that's not rent. Uh, I wonder if somebody would begin to weep in the Holy Ghost uh, and say, God, uh, I'm going to empty my heart of every bit of me that's here. That's it, church. It's yours. This preacher's done. I plead with you to lift your voice and pray till you're in the Holy Ghost. There it is. Come on, there it is. There's a confirmation of the word right now. Come on, it's breaking loose. Let it go. Come on, don't fight this. Don't let hell talk you out of this. Somebody respond the way your soul is begging you to respond right now. Come on, it's breaking, it's breaking, it's breaking. God, let a spirit of honesty break the spirit of denial and let us rend our hearts in this altar. Go, 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 go. Come on, that's it. Come on, there's a washing taking place. Come on, this is a place of repentance right now. God, if your people will humble themselves, that's what we're doing. God, I need you to search me. Come on, some of us don't need God to search us. We know what we need to lay down. Come on, somebody. You're, you, you know what's going on right now. While this preacher was preaching, God began to bring it up in your thoughts. Somebody ring it out and say, I'm laying it on this altar. I'm leaving this here. I'm letting God break my heart. Come on, that's it. Everybody ought to be involved in this. Come on, let a spirit of conviction prick our heart tonight. Come on, let there be an openness right now. God's saying, I've been watching your jumping, but I've also been looking at the heart. I've been seeing you wave your hands, but I've also been watching where you're going. And I've been watching what you've been saying. God's saying, for once in your life, would you be open with me? Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, there's something rising in this altar. Go ahead, follow it in the Holy Ghost. It's not time to hold back. It's not time to let anything stop you. Empty yourself in the Holy Ghost right now.
Come on, the Holy Ghost is moving right now, and I'm going to need some parents to help me lift your voice here in just a moment. But I have to address it. There is a spirit of hell fighting individuals in this youth group. I've been feeling it for multiple weeks as God's been dealing with me about it. He has not given me specifics. There is a spirit of hell working through some young people that are in this church trying to destroy you that you're playing with and you're just messing around with. And I'm watching it on some here. There's a heaviness. It's affecting you. And I feel like God's just pressing me to tell some people. And this is where I'm going to need some parents to lift your voice here and help me pray. But that it's time for some young people to get some victory over this before disaster happens. And God's warning some young people it's time to pray through and break through in the Holy Ghost. Because coming down the road is disaster going to happen unless you shut down the spirit of hell that is coming against young people in this church. So I plead with some young people right now to lift your voice and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. And I wonder if I have some parents right now that lift your voice and pray for the young people in this congregation. I may not know specifically what that spirit of hell is, but I could walk right now to some young people and point my finger at them and say, you're the one that I'm talking to. God hasn't released me to do that, but God told me to not walk out of here. I felt it so strong until I warned some young people. If you don't lay that down and break that spirit of hell and tell the devil you're done, there's going to be some disaster that takes place that you're going to have to live with when you could have got it right. I plead with this church. I plead with some young couples. I plead with some parents. You need to realize this is not a game we're playing. When we start talking about the heart, when we start talking about the spirit, you got to understand this stuff matters. This stuff matters in eternity, and this stuff matters in life right now. We've got to get the heart broken and let God dig some stuff out of some people in this house tonight. God's lifted it off of me. I'm putting it on the backs of this church to lift your voice and pray to the Holy Ghost breaks the yoke. This is not a negative message. This is not a mean message. This is the goodness and the mercy of God saying, I love you too much to let hell destroy your heart. Break your heart in the altar right now and let God lift you up. Young lady, you can do this. Young man, you can do this if you'll rend your heart. Go ahead, church. It's yours.